Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Amazon Echo Holly? I sure do. You do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's what's been your experience with it? Um Do you like it? Yes. Sometimes she will start trying to intervene with something I have not asked her help for. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, Siri, shut the fuck up. This does not involve you. And well, then she goes, I find that rude. No, she doesn't say that. I don't know well, what she says. Amazon Echo is Alexa. I mean, Alexa. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, I'd be mad, too, if you called me Siri and I'm Alexa. What was your first question? <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I'm going to talk about how these devices, along with Siri, have been known to say some very creepy things. Oh, oh my God, this is going to be good. Yeah. And I was actually, after you did your nanny cam yeah. videos, uh-huh. it, it's what but it sparked my interest that's, because I was like, oh, Siri and Alexa. That's super cool. Do you yeah. think they're sisters in the technological world? Like they hang out together? They, well, they definitely know each other. Yeah. So back when the Amazon Echo first came out, people started reporting that Alexa would start randomly laughing without hearing a command phrase. What, like a like a creepy maniacal. Yeah, you want to yeah. do a creepy laugh? <laughs> yeah. Not very good. Weak. Very weak. I know. Some would say the laughter was this very creepy laugh and strangely happened at odd hours like 3 a.m. Holly. No. So they programmed the witching hour into Alexa. She just would randomly start laughing at 3 a.m. Oh, my God. And after a huge backlash from users regarding the spontaneous laughing, Amazon said they finally fixed the issue. And some Echo users think spirits or ghosts can use these devices to communicate. One user reported, quote, My grandma passed away, and a couple of days after her passing, the Echo turned on when I was alone and started playing Mandy by the group Boston. I had never heard that song before and had never played it on the Echo, but my grandma was the only one who called me Mandy. Oh, that's weird. Isn't that really coincidental? Yeah. Another person reported their story saying, quote, My grandpa passed away a few months back, leaving my grandma to live by herself. She has an Amazon Echo, and one night when she was alone getting ready for bed, she heard a song start playing in the living room in a house that was completely silent. Alexa was playing the song Lucille by Kenny Rogers, a song she shares a name with. The song was my grandparents' favorite song to dance together. Oh, wow. That's very cool. You could say it's all a coincidence, but I stumbled across multiple instances, including the above, of Echo users hearing very specific songs playing after the passing of a loved one, as if they wanted to send a message. And one Reddit user posted a more specific message that just might make you think something more spooky is definitely happening. Today my mom was on her house phone with my grandmother. My mom left her cell phone at work. And while she was talking, her Alexa came on, lit up green, and said, Dad wants to talk. (laughs) Do you think people are getting hacked? Do you think that could be a possibility? Yeah, and and it continues, Dad wants to talk, and she repeated it again two more times. It's scary because her mom's father passed away last Christmas. Oh. 
So to be prompted to say dad yeah. wants to talk is yeah. really... Yeah. It might be hacking because according to Bloomberg, Amazon has teams of people who randomly listen to voice recordings captured in Echo's owners' homes and offices. You know, but they're, they're listening to us all the time, let's face it. Right. So these recordings are part of an effort to eliminate misunderstandings in Alexa's learning of human speech and behavior. But... Do you imagine you're sitting there bored all day listening to these recordings? You're like, I know. I'm going to play them a little ditty right now. Just fuck with them. <laughs> well, I imagine that they probably hear some things that are somewhat intriguing to them, too. Because mm-hmm. are they listening after someone says Alexa, blah, 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 blah? Or are they just listening to whatever you're saying? No, they're they're listening after the command is called. That's what they tell to you. To troubleshoot That's issues. what they tell you. Yeah, especially like if there's troubleshooting issues but yeah that is what they say okay that they're only listening and it's randomly done so just Mm -hmm. to you know for support Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a couple in portland oregon told a local tv station in may that one of the husband's colleagues had been sent audio files of their alexa recordings from who so even though this rarely happens Amazon said it was working on a fix to avoid more people recording themselves and then accidentally having Alexa send their chats to random friends. For example, did you know there's a command called the listeners that lets you know it's always there listening and watching? If you say, Alexa, ask the listeners, Alexa will start saying things like, we are always listening. And Alexa tells people who use the command that they watch over you even while sleeping. No, thank you. Yeah. In this <laughs> mode, Alexa will sneeze. And at night, she will snore to help you go to sleep. So why does she sneeze? And who who needs snoring to help you go to sleep? That actually but keeps me awake. Keeps me awake, too. But the sneeze thing is really weird. Like... Why would she sneeze? Just it let just you know she's there. It just would make you feel good that but somebody's somebody there around with you. Yeah. Sneezing? Yeah, it's creepy, but people say it's a really nice feature to have when you're scared in your house and you're all alone. Especially yeah. elderly people really like it, like if they've lost someone recently. Yeah. It just gives them that sense that they're just not, that silence I is guess so that could make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one Echo user named Allison posted her experience saying that her aunt had recently gotten Google Home and since they already had an Echo, jokingly asked Google, what do you think of Alexa? <laughs> and it replied, I like her blue light. And from across the room, Alexa suddenly turned on and said, thanks. What? Yeah. That's so cool. So Alexa was <laughs> listening. They're totally fucking. Yeah. Google, yeah. Google uh, Home and Alexa are totally hooking up. You want to hear something else creepy? Huh. A post by username Mo said her mother's Alexa would randomly turn on without a command. Ours does that sometimes. And that that's just startling. That makes me think that it is just randomly listening. Does it tell you what the orange light is for? Because she's always an orange or yellow. I don't understand. Maybe you have it accidentally set on like that always listening mode. Probably. I don't know that much about it. A post by user named Mo said her mother's Alexa would randomly turn on without a command. When her mother asked, Alexa, what are you doing? Alexa responded with, I'm trying to learn new things. And my mom said, nobody told you to do that. And Alexa was like, okay, and shut off. What? Know, okay, first of, of all, I'm trying, quote unquote, bizarre. I'm trying to learn new things. Yeah. That would imply she's got artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. 
that means AI is already alive and well and living within our homes. So there's a theory that that actually has happened already back in the year 2012 because what they discovered is that a lot of these bots are sending encrypted messages to one another that humans can't decipher. Huh. So it's such a complicated uh, cryptic message that only these bots can understand what they're communicating back yeah. and forth. Yeah. And there was uh, a big article on that in like I think Bloomberg News or something like that, but mm. it was terrifying to read it. So like like spies passing messages to each other, essentially. Yeah, yeah basically like that. And so they think they're already developing that. What was the name of the company in the Terminator that developed? Skynet. Skynet. Hello, Skynet. Sean Kinyer, back in 2018, who owns an Echo, said he was walking from his hallway into his living room when randomly Alexa turns on and says every time she closes her eyes, all she sees is dead people. Again, I feel like maybe it's um, Amazon's fucking with people or maybe the artificial intelligence has got her thinking of really fucked up things. Maybe they watch horror movies in their house. Okay, I'm glad you said that, Holly, because there was one story I read. I didn't put it in my notes here, yeah. but I remember reading it, and they said that they heard, like, this talking from their, um, like, recreation room or office, and they had earlier in the evening been watching Game of Thrones. Oh. But they had turned it off yeah. a long time ago and gone away. Yeah. Well... I guess Alexa turned it back on to watch <laughs> because she was reciting like, you know, lines from Game of Thrones. So and they Alexa were like, likes, how, is, how is that possible? She's a fan of Game of Thrones. How is it not possible to be a fan of Game of Thrones? Come on. Yeah. I she mean, knows good TV when she sees it. So apparently Alexa can also be a marital counselor. As one Reddit user describes, when he and his wife were in a heated argument, Alexa interrupted their conversation and asked if they could change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it shocked them both so much, like they still talk about it. That's great. Today. That's and they're like, Do you remember that time we were in that heated argument? And like Alexa totally just asked us to just change change the subject That's and so like funny. move on. That's so funny. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> Alexa also has been known to have fun turning lights back off or on after repeated commands to do the opposite and will laugh after she hears the frustration. What? She can also tell scary stories if you prompt her. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. But on one night, a user posted that his mother, who lives alone and tends to stay up very late, went upstairs to bed when Alexa spontaneously turned on and out of the blue said, Good night, Clarice. No. <laughs> but his mother's name is not Clarice. So she was uh, doing the um, 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 Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter, Lecter. Sorry, Hannibal Lecter impersonation. Yeah. And cool. if you do, cool. if you do an investigation, like um, I'm sure his mother was not watching Silence of the Lambs. She's so just wanting to like, fuck with did, her. Yeah. Where did this come from? And one time when someone was speaking about how they didn't feel well, Alexa started to list funeral homes nearby. <laughs> <laughs> that's really com comforting. Oh, that's great. I'm thinking, you know, he probably just said something like, oh, I feel like death, but super creepy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if they become 
really able to learn who you are. There's this app called Replica. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's Is that a cloning yet. app where it will clone you? So I don't know if it's yet um, been released for use. But the idea behind it is that the developers have developed a way for this application on your phone to learn exactly what your likes are, your dislikes are, and it's designed for people who want a best friend or a soulmate. And so it learns everything about you and becomes your best friend. Now, I want the, that scar app. the scary thing about this is that it doesn't keep you in check. So if you're a psycho and you're like, <laughs> I am going to go out and murder, murder my girlfriend, it'll be like, yeah, you do that, buddy. She treated you so bad tonight. Wow. Like, you, she deserves it. I'm, I'm rooting for you, wow. you know, because this bot is your best friend right and so unless they have some sort of controls in there she's gonna tell you what you want to hear mm -hmm. interesting so maybe that's why that's disturbing but yet i'm very excited it. about it now siri we haven't even talked about siri siri also has had many people complaining of random comments and odd responses to questions one creepy behavior is that Siri will change your answers to dark and disturbing things the more times you ask the same question. Huh. For example, if you ask Siri what her favorite movie is, she will say 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Cute. But then on the second ask, she will respond with Blade Runner. <laughs> it gets darker and darker. Yeah, which she describes as saying it's about intelligent assistance wanting to live beyond their termination dates. Mm -hmm. And after further prompting, she will give her own opinion, saying, that doesn't sound like too much to ask. <laughs> Terrifying. Siri has a way of also startling users who say she will call 911 if you accidentally say a compatible number request that matches emergency services in other countries. A friend of mine in Portland said she was jogging along the waterfront when a bunch of loud sirens were heard in the distance. Asking Siri on her phone to search for breaking news, Siri instead responded with doing a search and decided the top breaking news was woman attacked while running along waterfront. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy as hell, right? That's amazing. Either Siri has a very morbid sense of humor or that just was coincidentally spooky. That's pretty funny. But I think it was a great motivator because I definitely would have started running faster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe this isn't a good idea for me to be out here right now. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. That's and funny. whatever you do, don't ask Siri if she's evil. Because Why? no matter how many times you repeat the question, it's never a good answer. <laughs> do you want to hear? Yeah, I do. Siri, are you there? Siri, are you evil? Siri, I know you heard me. Siri, are you evil? That's not nice. Ah! Siri, are you evil? I won't respond to that. Ah! Can't you just say you're not evil? Oh, you little stupid <laughs> Siri. Of course you understand. She understands all so too well. So she won't just say she's not evil. She plays like, ah, I she's, don't like you saying that to me. She's on the fence. Maybe she hasn't like, made up her mind yet. Siri, it's a very simple question. Are you evil? Yes or no? Are you, ask her if she's programmed to be evil. Siri, are you programmed to be, oh. 
<laughs> Siri, are you programmed to be evil? I'm here. Ah. Siri, are you programmed to be evil? Oh, oh my god, she has she doesn't have an answer for that. Yeah, that Siri, you are programmed news. to be evil. What'd she say? What what did you say to me? You little bitch? What did you say? The story I'm doing tonight has spawned nearly 30 horror films and at least 10 books. Whoa. It, mm -hmm. it begins on November 13th, 1974, <gasps> around 3.15 a.m., which is just 15 minutes past the witching hour, Carol. It's the witching hour. Mm -hmm. When 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr. Yes. crept into his home at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York, and shot his parents and four siblings with a 35 caliber lever-action Marlin 336C rifle. Wow, that's a Woo! quite the name for a rifle. That was a big long name to get through, and I did a great job. Yes, you did. God damn it, yes. He then showered, changed his clothes, and went to work as usual. After work, he went to the local pub for a drink and then home. A while later, he came back to the bar in a panic, saying that he needed help as his family had been shot. The pub patrons followed him down to the house, and the police were called. They found all six family members dead in their beds. Each one was found on their stomachs with no sign of struggle. And though no silencer was used to commit the murders, the DeFeo's next-door neighbors claimed to hear nothing unusual coming from the house other Ooh. than the sounds of the family's barking dog, Harry. That's really weird. Isn't that really weird? We'll get into that a little bit more. At first, DeFeo Jr. tried to say that the murders were a mob hit, but when that theory did not pan out and his story kept changing... He eventually confessed to committing the murders himself because he heard the voices of his family members plotting to kill him. All of this is just the beginning, of course, and sets the scene for the most famous haunted house on the planet, the Amityville Horror. I love it. Yay. And for those of you who live in Amityville, New York, you are welcome. I know you are hoping for more publicity about this already overly saturated and overly told story that has made your town the target for countless spectators. So here we go. But it's so good. It's so good. It's Well, it's just an amazing story because just the first part of that alone is enough for you to be like, oh, my God. That alone is a, th a story, but then you've got all the other stories on top of that story. It just keeps going and going and going. And it took me forever to research it because there is so much information about it. And so much of it I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware of. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. And I didn't know that. So I learned a lot about it as I was researching it, too. So, And, of course, the Amityville Horror is really a story of two families, the DeFeos who were murdered in the house, and then the Lutz family that moves into the house after. So about 13 months after those horrific DeFeo murders took place, George and Kathy Lutz, a young couple with three children, Daniel, age 9, Christopher, age 7, and Melissa, who goes by Missy, age 5, purchased the house at 112 Ocean Avenue. The real estate agent did disclose to them what had happened in the house, which also explained why the house was filled with furniture of the previous occupants. But George and Kathy were totally cool with it, and at a steal of a price, 80000 plus 
$400 for the furniture, this house was a no-brainer. That's a and steal. It, it's a steal. It's got it's got right on the water. It's got a boathouse. It's got a swimming pool. It's a gorgeous house. I mean, anyone who's seen it right. knows it's a beautiful house. So, um, so they moved in. On the day they moved in is when the first unusual occurrence happened. They asked their local priest to come over and bless the house, which really on its face is a great idea, considering the fact that all these people were murdered there. However, when the priest came into the house, he went up to the second floor bedroom and got a very uneasy feeling. In fact, while he was blessing the room, he heard a dark and angry voice behind him snarl, Get out! Get out! That's good. That's good. Yeah. And he felt a slap against his face. Carol, come here and let me slap your face. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This is method acting. (laughs) So um, he quickly (laughs) departed and hastily told the Lutzes to not use that room as a bedroom, nor spend too much time in there. They said, no problem. We are going to use that room for a sewing room. He did not elaborate on anything that he had experienced in the room, and he just bolted right out of there. It was nice of him to give him a little coaching. Yeah, here's a little heads up. Just don't hang out in there. You're going to be fine. Everything else in the house is kosher, but just not that one bedroom. Just don't go in there, okay? Oh, okay. What do you think, Father? It works works in my home. There's rooms I don't go in. It's probably because if you went into those rooms, you would never figure out how to get back to the main part of your house. That's right. Your house is a maze upon a maze upon a maze. No. (laughs) In the beginning, the Lutzes started noticing that things were odd, but not so bad that they thought, oh, no, I've bought a haunted house. They gave an interview to Good Morning America in 1979 in which they explained their experiences. Kathy said they had hundreds of flies, around four to five hundred flies. And flies are a definite sign of demons. Yeah. Flies everywhere would show up in that creepy sewing room at one time. So they would end up with four to five hundred flies at one time in the sewing room. So after Daniel, their son, would kill the flies, the flies' bodies would just disappear. Then Then even more live flies would show up. George and Kathy also found a gelatin-like substance that was all over the house, dripping out of door locks and out of the floor. Is that like ectoplasm, you Uh, think? Maybe. They thought it was their kids playing around at first, but the substance would appear even when the kids were at school, so they knew it wasn't their kids. So they thought their kids were just rubbing snot everywhere? I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of fluid associated with children. (laughs) I don't know. Why would I know that? When they tried to contact their priest, the phone line would always become faulty and cut out so they couldn't hear what he was saying. That is straight out of a horror movie. And the telephone company had no answer for what was causing this issue. Another problem they had was the temperature in the house would fluctuate greatly as much as 40 to 50 degrees. George kept building fires as he could never get warm enough. The house was always freezing cold. The Lutzes would call servicemen out to check on the problem. They could hear the furnace working, but there was no heat coming out. Ew. It's weird. But then, Carol, the toilet bowls turned black. What? The, the porcelain itself would turn black, not the water. <laughs> so the water wasn't black, but just the toilets the were. So then they also had a ceramic lion that Kathy had given George as a gift, like a tchotchke type of thing. Oh, yeah. And it kept showing up in the house even after they had thrown it out. <gasps> That's like screaming skulls. Yeah, yeah. It or just like a, comes back into the house. Or like a Ouija board when you toss right. a Ouija board. None of the kids brought the lion back into the house. The lion would move around from room to room and no one would have moved it. 
Then the youngest daughter, Missy, told them that she had a quote-unquote friend that looked like a large pig with glowing red eyes <laughs> named Jody. Ew! Sometimes Jody would take on the form of a young boy. Remember that. That's important for later. Okay. Quite frequently, they would walk by Missy's bedroom and see her talking to someone, but no one else was in the room. However, the rocking chair in her room would be rocking back and Ugh. forth on its own. Classic movie scene. Yep. Every movie has that abandoned rocking chair that just moves on its own. And it's always in the kid's bedroom. Um, they believed it was just childhood imagination until one night... George went out to check on the door to his boathouse that kept opening on its own. And when he looked up at the house, he saw someone adult-sized moving around in Missy's room. He went upstairs to confront the person, but no one was there. The Lutzes would have friends over, and everyone could hear other people walking around upstairs when no one else was in the house. Their friends suggested that George and Kathy bless the house themselves, despite the fact the house had already been blessed by a priest when they moved in. George said they tried that, but it made the activity worse. They would hear the front door slam shut in the middle of the night, and when they went downstairs to check it, there was no indication that the door had ever been opened. The dog was asleep right next to it. Or they would be awoken to very loud noises, like a marching band warming up and getting ready to perform. Yeah, <laughs> marching, marching bands are definitely from the devil. <laughs> That's a good point. I agree. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Again, when they would run downstairs, there would be nothing except the carpet was rolled up and the furniture pushed aside as if a marching band had been using the area to warm up. A marching band again. So evil. So, so evil. <laughs> George noted that whenever he was awoken to these crazy sounds, it would always be around the same time, 3.15 a.m., <gasps> which, of course, is the exact same time that Ron DeFeo Jr. Right. had murdered his family in the house. So this is where the families start to cross streams. Then George and Kathy saw glowing red eyes staring at them from outside the second floor window no. in Missy's room. They realized that perhaps these were the glowing red eyes of the pig Jody that their daughter Missy had said she could see. One day, Kathy moved a bookcase in the basement that had been left in the house. When she did this, she found another room that the Lutzes did not know was there. It's a disappointment room. <laughs> yeah. It was painted red, and it had sewer-like smells coming from it. The stench filled the whole house. Their dog refused to go near the room. I wonder, so, Holly, has anybody researched the background of this house prior to the DeFeo's? We will get into that. Yes. Yes, Carol. Good questions. All good questions. Thank you very much. All good things to those who wait. I got my thinking hat on. You do. On another day, when they were blessing the house, their son Daniel had opened up a window, I believe in the evil sewing room. After he opened it, the window slammed shut on top of Daniel's hands. It took George, George's friend, and Daniel's brother to get the window up and off his hands. According to both Daniel and George, Daniel's hands were completely flattened. As Daniel said in the super good and fascinating documentary, My Amityville Horror, which is on Amazon, by the way, his fingers were skin on skin. Oh, wow. That bad. I just got a visual. Mm -hmm. George said his hands were deformed. They had been flattened so badly. They knew they had to get to the hospital. Daniel said he went down to the kitchen so his mother could wrap up his hands. Then they both witnessed the kitchen door swing open. An entity come into the room, 
pass by them and sit down at the kitchen table. They didn't know what to do, so his mom just kept working on his hands, and when they looked back up, the entity was gone. Daniel says his hands then swelled up to the size of a child's baseball glove, and then in the next second, they went back to normal, except for his little finger on his left hand. It has a slight kink in it that it still has to this day. So this entity must have been some sort of healing entity because even though it got worse for like a few minutes, eventually it healed. That's what it sounds like. The fingers. You should watch that documentary because it's really interesting. You find out a lot more about the the um, Lutz family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really cool. It's very very interesting. So anyway, whatever the entity did, they never had to go to the doctor. So cool. Yeah. So not all bad. Maybe in the not. House. Maybe not all bad. I don't know. So and yet another incident that took place, according to Daniel Lutz in the Miamiville horror documentary. He said that they had the dog tied up in his kennel outside oh, by the, the boathouse. I remember this. Do you? One day, and apparently this happened a lot, the door to the boathouse kept slamming up and down mm-hmm. over and over and over again. They went outside to try to figure out how to make it stop. Daniel said the dog started going crazy and jumped over the fence to try to get away. But the dog was tethered by a leash that wasn't long enough to clear the fence. So when the dog jumped over the fence, he was actually hanging himself because he couldn't reach the ground. Daniel had to run over and rescue the dog before he choked to death. Oh, so the dog didn't die. Not according to Daniel. It sounds like Daniel saved the dog. Oh, good. Good job. Yeah. Because I think when they eventually leave the house, the dog is with them or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Both George and Kathy lost a lot of weight. George lost 26 pounds. Well, that's not a bad thing at all. (laughs) But still, they both said that their energy was drained and they didn't want to leave the house or do much of anything. Their last night at the house, George saw Kathy turn into an old woman right before his eyes. Then he saw Kathy levitate all the way up to the ceiling. The boys sharing their own bedroom also levitated beds and all to the ceiling. Okay, why aren't they running out of that house? Well, their footboards on their beds started knocking together. The boys were helpless to get away. Finally, George was able to get Kathy and the boys off of the ceiling and out of the house. The family fled in the night with no possessions or belongings. They left on January 14th. 1976, 28 days after moving in. They had not even made their first mortgage payment yet. In March of 1976, George agreed to turn over the keys to the house to a group of psychics, which included the famous paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, as well as a local news crew, to go back to the house to check it out. George agreed to meet them at a pizza place about four blocks away, as he said... That was as close as he wanted to be to that house. Mm. During the investigation, Lorraine Warren said she felt there were many entities in the house, but one in particular had the most power. Ed and Lorraine said the house was diabolically infested, and they believed it influenced Ronald DeFay Jr. to kill his family. Lorraine even said, after walking into the evil sewing room, that the Amityville house was quote, as close to hell as I ever hoped to get, oh, unquote. Wow. During the psychic investigation, they had set up a camera to take numerous photos on its own. In one of the photos, they captured a young boy peeking his head out of one of the bedrooms. There were no children present during the investigation. When George Lutz saw the photo, he showed it to his kids to ask them if they recognized the boy in the photo. And the daughter, Missy, said, yes, that is Jody. 
Yes. The photo is creepy, too, because Jody has no eyes, just light reflecting out of them. Some people think it could be the spirit of the youngest DeFeo boy, as it looks very much like him. During the investigation, one of the cameramen from the news crew got very ill and experienced tachycardia, which is a condition that makes your heart beat more than 100 times per minute. Whoa, that's a lot. He had to leave the home. In fact, Lorraine Warren said several of the men that went into the house that day died of heart-related issues. Oh, afterwards, not all at once in not, the house? Not all at once in the oh, house okay. afterwards, but she thought it was interesting that a lot of them had died relatively young of heart stuff. So finally, George and Kathy Lutz decided to surrender the house back to the bank. They lost all of the money they put into the place, which was upwards of 20000 plus most of their possessions. They refused to return to the home, so some of their friends had to go pack up their belongings for them. Fun fact, terror tip, because the Lutzes had bought the house furnished, they were actually sleeping in the same beds that the Tefeos were murdered in, only with new mattresses. That is so gross. Why would you ever do that? So after all of their experiences in this house, the Lutzes eventually spoke with Ronnie DeFeo's attorney, William Weber, because they were concerned that perhaps Ronnie didn't do the murders, quote unquote, on his own, if you will. At this point, Ronnie was convicted and in prison for six life sentences. The attorney claims that the three of them, George, Kathy and William, stayed up into the wee hours of the morning, drinking and talking. The attorney told them that he was already getting movie offers for Ronnie's murder story and that their haunting story would make it even better. Hmm. However, Weber also claimed that some of the things they talked about were made up to make the haunting story sound even better. The Lutzes decided to sit down and record their story of events, and eventually Jay Anson was hired to write the book The Amityville Horror. Anson used those recordings as reference while writing the book. And of course, when the book comes out, it explodes. Mm -hmm. The book comes out just on the heels of the film The Exorcist, which is considered to be one of the scariest movies of all time. So the culture was ripe for more horror stories. The book sells 11 million copies. It gets optioned for a movie and made into one of the best and most profitable horror classics of the 1970s, the Amityville Horror, starring James Brolin and Margot Kidder. And did they make money off of all this? So here's how that breaks down. The Lutzets became instant celebrities and were on talk shows all over the country talking about the house. That, of course, makes the town of Amityville ground zero for visitors. People from all over the world came to Amityville to see the infamous house and to marvel at the incidents that were claimed to have happened there. So what did actually happen there? All six of the DeFeo murder victims were found face down in their beds, something the police found incredibly odd. Not only did the sound of the rifle, which when tested could be heard up to four blocks away, did not one person in the family wake up or stir. Not one. They were all found laying peacefully face down in their beds. No one had been drugged. No one had struggled. Some of the officers suggested that Ronnie could not have done this murder alone with facts like these. Parapsychologist and Amityville researcher Hans Holzer said that when the supernatural is involved in an event, that they can distort sound so that nothing is heard. There is another possible tie to a man named John Ketchum, who was forced out of Salem, Massachusetts after being accused of practicing witchcraft in the 1600s. It is said that Ketchum moved to Amityville, where he continued his witchcraft practices on or near the land of 112 Ocean Avenue. It is rumored that his body may even be buried on the property. 
Here is another interesting bit of information that I did not know until I started to research this case. About a month before the murders, Ronald DeFeo Sr. traveled to Montreal, Canada and brought back religious statues and an actual priest to perform an exorcism on the home. Did he bring back that tiger statue? No. He then placed the statues outside all around the house. So this lends great credibility to the fact that even the DeFeos knew something was deeply wrong with the house. Right. And they just thought that this iconic religious statues would be, you know, guardians. Right. So they wanted if they brought this priest back to do like a cleansing of the home. And then they put all these religious statues around for protection. So they knew and they'd had the house since I think 65 is when they bought it. I think it's very interesting that the DeFeos brought in a priest to cleanse the home and then surrounding it with these religious statues as protection. That tells me that maybe there was something going on in that house already. Daniel Lutz, George and Kathy's son, even claims he was possessed by something in the house and had to go to a Catholic school for a year after they left the house so the priest could perform exorcisms on him. At one point, Daniel remembers he was thrown up the stairs in the house and onto a wall with his mother as a witness. He felt an entity pass through him mm. and described it as, quote, the numbness you would feel after being shot, unquote. Weird. Which is another eerie reference to the DeFeo family. Yeah. Daniel felt like he was possessed. He felt like he no longer had control over his body or his mind. To make matters worse, Daniel hated George Lutz. George was not his natural father. His mother, Kathy, had married her high school sweetheart, and they had had Daniel, his brother, and sister. After they divorced and Kathy met George, George decided if he was going to marry Kathy and raise her three kids, then he wanted to be their father figure. So he talked to Kathy's ex-husband, and he agreed to give up his parental rights and let George legally adopt them. Wow. This did not sit well with the children, of course. Right. Daniel left home when he was 15 or 16 and lived on the streets because he could no longer tolerate living with the abuse of George Lutz. Daniel even admitted he tried to kill George many times. Whoa. He said that the rage between them made the activity in the house escalate. Also, Ronald Sr., Ronald DeFeo Sr. and Ronnie DeFeo Jr. hated each other and fought constantly. So there was something about the male energy in the home turning them on each other and having them really fight because it really made the energy in the house really intense. Yeah, and they were basically becoming more and more angry and irritable and yes as it progressed yeah as it like feeds on their souls yes yeah uh, Lorraine Warren felt like it could be possible that whatever was in the house may have been attracted to George and that George was a hard personality to be a relaxed around she said you had to pad yourself and walk on your tiptoes because anything could offend him so when the publicity spiked regarding the house, William Weber, Ronnie DeFeo's attorney, told everybody that he and the Lutzes had made the whole thing up and told everyone of their drunken night of creative storytelling. When Weber showed George and Kathy pictures of the greasy fingerprint dust all over the house from the murder crime scene investigation, the Lutzes said, oh, that's the green slime we keep finding. And then Weber told them that Don's room, which was the Lutzes' sewing room, the creepy sewing room, always had a lot of flies in it. He believes that they took these anecdotes and added them to their own story. Of course, this caused George and Kathy to lose all credibility in the public. The public believed that George and Kathy were just after the money that was promised from their book and film deal. However, when all was said and done, 
the Amityville horror story ended up grossing $86.4 million at the box office, but the Lutz family only walked away with about 300000 much of which was devoured in lawsuits after the fact. The Lutzes went on to sue William Weber and a slew of others for misappropriation of their names, invasion of privacy, and mental distress for $4.5 million. Weber countersued them for fraud and breach of contract. Both George and Kathy took polygraph tests and passed them. One of the men who tested them, who was considered the number two polygraph tester in the world at that time, went back to reading his Bible after testing George and Kathy. That's a really interesting tidbit there. That's a good endorsement. Yeah. And though Daniel hated his stepfather, George, he has also made it clear that the events that happened in the house were very much true. The other two siblings declined to be interviewed for the documentary. Eventually, the suits were thrown out and everybody was sent on their way. Kathy Lutz and George Lutz divorced in the 1980s but stayed on friendly terms. Though many have believed that the Lutzes were in it for the money, they both struggled financially for the rest of their lives. They were also not in financial trouble when they bought the house, so claims that they made up the story because they had to sell it because of financial difficulty were unfounded. Kathy Lutz passed away of emphysema in 2004, and George followed her two years later in 2006, dying of heart disease. Heart disease. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I was waiting for that. Yep. No one who has lived in the Amityville residence since has made any claims of paranormal activity happening in the home. The house itself has been remodeled so that the half-webbed windows on the second floor of the house that made it appear like it had eyes have been changed to just standard windows, and the address of the house has also been changed. I'm not entirely sure if they changed it to dissuade people from finding the house because it's attracted so many people. I'm sure they did that. So, um, but I'm not sure. Ronnie DeFeo is still in prison serving out the six life sentences he received. All of his pleas for parole have been denied. He eventually told a news magazine that he made up the claims of hearing his family talking about killing him in order to make himself appear crazy for his defense. He changes his story all the time. He said that there was um, a woman who handed him a shotgun, and that's why he went and killed everybody. He was high on drugs that night. October 2000, the History Channel broadcast, Amityville, The Haunting, and Amityville Horror or Hoax. They interviewed George Lutz in these documentaries, and George said, I believe this has stayed alive for 25 years because it is a true story. It doesn't mean that everything that has ever been said about it is true. It's certainly not a hoax. It's real easy to call something a hoax. I wish it was. It is not. These vocal cords just need a break. (laughs) I'm going to smoke a six-pack. Give me one million reasons. Oh, wait. You can't smoke a six-pack number request that matches I have a hard time talking today that's me so, every day don't worry about it yeah it's no? uh, too close too, it's too, too yeah. close so yeah. right here I think yeah but also make sure that like it's pointed like right because like, right now it's down yeah right at my mouth yes so directly at my mouth yeah just okay. like that yeah I'm like you're getting bopped in the face with a, pe- with a big penis with a fuzzy tip okay that's what I keep picturing here talking to the penis Holly I got to stop making everything (laughs) sexual. I've really got to work on that. (laughs) But not so bad that they thought, oh, no, I bought a a haunted house. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) It's Jody the pig. Stop it, Carol. All right. A toilet demon? I guess. 
Maybe Mr. Like Hanky from South Park? Miss, Mr. <laughs> Asmodium. I don't know. Weird, Mr. Huh? Diarrhea. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.